another friend of mine said, well, you know, you've done all these half marathons. I think that the next step is for you to do a marathon. You know, and after some, you know, some pondering, I said, um, okay. Dizwins Radio episode 747 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, so uh, today, starting a little trip down memory lane with it being the uh, 4th of July holiday here in the States and with, with me uh, being out of town, being on a little, I don't know if you want to call it a vacation or not, that's up for you to decide, but being being uh, visiting my family, uh, spending some time up in Michigan, kind of disconnecting-ish, uh, certainly you know not having great and reliable internet, um, I just kind of decided it was a good time between the holiday, travel, the whole nine yards to run a few best of episodes. And today uh, is uh, the first of the next, I think, uh, four or five episodes. I'll have some best of, some best of issues with uh, the quick tips and uh, hopefully some, some good times. Hopefully going back far enough that if you've been listening to the show for a while, uh, you might enjoy listening to these ones again because there's something, you know, interviews that we haven't had in a while or guests that haven't been on in a while uh, and some, you know, revisiting some older quick tips as well. And if you're new to the show, these are some of the episodes that have probably fallen off of your feed. They're, they're more than likely not uh, available on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, or wherever you listen to this episode from, Google Play, whatever it might be, um, because they usually only show about the first 200 or the most recent 250 episodes or so, and these are from farther back. So this is a trip back to episode 477, well over a year ago. Uh, and so enjoy whether this is the first time or the second time, or maybe you've listened to it several times. Either way, I hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane with Miss Myrna Valerio. Hey guys, my guest today is someone that uh, you may be familiar with because she's pretty much been uh, all over the place of late. And uh, by all over the place, I mean, you know, Wall Street Journal, Runner's World, NBC Nightly News, and that's just to name a few of the places that uh, her name has been popping up uh, in the last you know, six months to a year. Uh, as a runner, she's done all the distances, including several ultras, and earlier this summer, she participated in the uh, Trans Rockies six-day stage race, which in my mind, basically qualifies her for badass status. Uh, <laughs> she's also an embodiment of something that I really and, and truly do love most about her sport, and that is that uh, runners really do come in all shapes and sizes, and I'm, I'm glad that we're, our community is so welcoming of that. Uh, so without any further ado, it is certainly a pleasure today to be able to welcome Miss Myrna Valerio to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us, Myrna. appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Ah, the, the pleasure is, is certainly mine. And guys, if you want to check out check out Myrna's blog, uh, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but uh, we'll get you there. It's, it's <laughs> fatgirlrunning-fatrunner.blogspot.com. Um, and on the Twitter and on the Instagram, you can connect with her there if you haven't done so already. It's the same handle both places, and that is uh, at the Myrnavator. That's T-H-E, like it's just like it sh- sounds like it should be, and then M-I-R-N-A-V-A-T-O-R, the Myrnavator, all one word. Uh, and as per usual, if you're getting lost on any of those places to connect with her or, you, you know, uh, struggling with the website, remembering that after you're done with your run or your drive or whatever you're doing, um, head over to the show notes for this episode because we'll always have all the links there. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 477. And we'll also link up to some articles and things like that that make sense to link to as well. So uh, all the all the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Yeah, it's, it's time to, to kick this, this party off. And, and Myrna, the way we always start the show is with a real simple question that sometimes has a simple answer and sometimes um, it is it is the most uh, complex and complicated answer that you could possibly think that would come out of such a such a simple and straight to the point question uh, but that's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why sure i had to think about this for a while <laughs> <laughs> i know my least favorite distance is 10k okay but <laughs> but my favorite distance to run is the 50k distance okay. because it's just you know it's it's only five miles beyond a marathon but that five miles really makes such a huge difference <laughs> it's a physical difference it's mostly a mental difference though mm-hmm. i think you really have to prepare differently for those 
those last five miles after you think you're done or after your legs think they're done. <laughs> wish, wish they were done sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you've got to, you've got to strategize differently and, and, and do it differently. And I, and I love that last bit of challenge. Um, that, that really excites me, not necessarily in the moment, <laughs> but after having done it a couple of times, it, it just feels great. And it really does make you feel that you have accomplished something great. Yeah, certainly. I, I uh, ran my first ultra earlier this year and it was, it was a lot of, uh, a long time of me saying, I'll never do that. You know, 26.2 mm-hmm. is long enough and you know, finished a marathon and I have no desire to go a quarter of a mile, let alone another five, six, seven miles, whatever. Mine, mine I think they ended up being, you know, it was labeled as a 50K, but as, as all ultra runners know, that 50K <laughs> is a, an estimate and it was like 33, something like that miles. But, uh, <laughs> or 40 miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you never know. Um, but, but I finally did it and, and, and you're right. I mean, it, it was certainly, it, I'm, I'm happy I did it. I'm, um, not like rushing out to run another one, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not swearing off ultras by, by any stretch. Um, but, uh, it, it is, it's such a great accomplishment. And, and, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, it, it's, especially for the, the quote unquote shorter ultras, it, it really mm-hmm. is as much mental as it is physical. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, you mentioned, and I, I, I don't normally, uh, pry for something like this, but, but since you, since you brought it up, I'll, I'll at least ask why, why the 10 K is, is, uh, the least favorite distance. You know, I, I, I never feel as though I can get into my zone. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a slow runner anyway, but, um, Speed's all relative, like girl. It's all relative. <laughs> with a 5k, you know, it's going to be over in three miles. And so you try your best and you run fairly hard. Um, and with the 10k, like I, I never feel like, am I running too fast? Am I running too slow? is it just right? <laughs> this is really too long or it's really too short. I'm like, I have all these <laughs> conflicting emotions <laughs> gotcha. Um, gotcha. and thoughts when I, when I do a 10 case, so I just try to stay away from them. Well, I mean, and, and you know, the, the, one of the beautiful things about our sport is that if, if there's a distance you don't like, and for me, it's probably more of the 5k than the 10k. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it is so short. And like, I, I just have a really hard time. I, I can't, let myself just run a 5k easy. Like if I'm going to do a, five, if I'm going to pay for a race and, and even if it's just 10 or $15 for something local, like I'm going to push it. And it's just mm-hmm. ugh, running hard for three miles. is just, <laughs> ugh, it, it's a different, I mean, like everything, it's a different challenge. It's mental, it's physical, it's the whole nine, but, uh, right. you know, so I avoid that. You, you avoid the 10k. Hey, whatever, whatever works for everybody. <laughs> we all get our, our distances. We don't uh, particularly enjoy, but, um, curious. And I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm sure you've answered this question a dozen times, but that's, that's not going to prevent me from asking it again. Um, how did you, how did you get into our sport? Um, you know, and like I mentioned in the, in the intro, um, and, and as I'm sure you've experienced, and I'm, I'm sure this will be part of the answer, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily pass the quote unquote runner's eye test. Um, no, when people no. first look at you, the first thought probably isn't that, that she's an ultra marathoner and, and runs all these different races and distances and challenges and whatnot. Um, so, so how did you get into our sport to begin with? Sure. Um, actually, back in 1989, um, in my freshman year of high school, I tried out for the field hockey team, and um, there was a lot of running involved. <laughs> right. um, and I had never had to run that much before. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, um, and the extent of running that we did was running up and down the blocks mm-hmm. <laughs> with our cousins and our friends and whatnot. And um, and so this first day of field hockey, we had a do a mile to warm up, which nearly killed me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I did it. Uh, I was really slow, but I did it. And um, right after that, right after we did some stretches and um, and some chatting about the sport, we had to do a timed mile. And uh, so my first day of doing sports ever, <laughs> two miles plus two and a half hours of practice afterwards mm-hmm. where you're running up and down a hundred yard field with a stick and a ball and a mouth guard. And there are all these like new things and uh, new challenges that I had to face that day. Um, and, and I managed to do it all. It was really, really difficult. It was probably at that point, the most difficult thing that I had ever done in my life. But I realized that there was the, the thing that connected everything was the amount of running we had to do. Um, and it almost seemed as though the stick and the ball were accessories, just accessories to the running. <laughs> and um, so I decided I wanted to stay on the team and I wanted to get good at the sport. But in order to do that, I would need to learn how to run mm. and get better at it and be able to do it for long periods of time. 
Um, and so the very next day I got up in the morning, uh, probably, probably around five thirty or so, uh, with another friend who, who was experiencing the same thing right. <laughs> and we both wanted to stay on a team. So we said, let's, let's, let's go running. Let's get better at this. And so that's what started my love affair with running in September of 1989. And, uh, so we did that a couple of days a week. We got better at our sport. We became better athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the running just felt so good. Again, not always in the moment, right. but, but uh, it, it really set the tone for the day. It framed my day in a really nice way. And it, and it gave me energy to get through a very long boarding school life kind of day. Mm. And, um, and so that was it. And I, I continued that throughout my four years in high school. I also played lacrosse. Another running yeah. sport, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know where the the net and the ball are also because <laughs> you're just running up and down the field mm-hmm. all the time, uh, occasionally catching or throwing a ball, and um, and yeah, and so that and I, it just made me feel so good and so powerful and so athletic, um, and it really did improve um, improve my ability to play both sports. And so um, in college, I, I did not play organized sports, but I continued to run and just do fitness activities in general throughout the four and a half years that I was there. And uh, I continued when, when I worked in corporate America, I'd always been part of a gym and, um, and I ran outside in Van Cortland Park up in the Bronx. And um, I did a, a running clinic through the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York, um, where I I continued to fall in love with the sport and, and learn new things about it and meet really awesome people. And, um, and so I, uh, got married mm-hmm. <laughs> in 2000 and, um, and I had a baby in 2003 and throughout all that, those, those years, I continued to run and, and do fitness. Um, but then, then I decided to move down to Maryland in 2004 and that's when I stopped running. Mm. Um, my, kid was one and a half years old, always sick. I decided to move down to Maryland for a new job opportunity. And I was with him alone. Um, my husband decided to stay up in New York to continue working at his job. Mm. And so we commuted back and right. forth. Um, I started just not living a very healthful lifestyle. I was very stressed out. Again, I was sick all the time. I wasn't really getting any exercise because I had to worry about childcare mm. and this and that. And I, and my job was, was fairly, um, was fairly stressful too. So like I gained a lot of weight. I knew a lot of it was from inflammation and, um, and loss of sleep. And, um, and so from 2004 to 2008, really, I didn't run. There would be a periods, there'd be periods where I would say, Oh, you know what? I really need to go for a run. So I get, get on a treadmill or, or, right try to go outside for a a run and, uh, and that would last for about two, three weeks. And then I would fall right back into not getting any sleep, not getting any exercise. Um, and then I, after three years in Maryland, I decided I wanted to, um, move, move closer to home. Um, so I went back, um, up North to, uh, New Jersey Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, took a job at a boarding school, um, which was, uh, probably more stressful than my previous, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I was closer to home. And, um, and, but the problems con- continued, the problems with my health continued. Um, and of course I wasn't realizing all this as it, mm-hmm. happened, as it was happening. And, um, and so in 2008 I had this health scare and, uh, where I thought I was having a heart attack, but I wasn't, uh, it turned out to be a, a panic attack. And, um, but in following up with a cardiologist, uh, he told me that I would need to change my lifestyle or else I would die. Right. And, uh, and that was it. That was the catharsis <laughs> <laughs> that set everything off into motion again. And um, so in, in late 2008, early 2009 is when I really started to recommit to fitness and um, long-term health. Gotcha. And, and I started running again. And I have not stopped. Good. Good for you. Um, what's, what was it? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's, there's a lot of, of differences that happen from, 
you know, you're, you're in high school and you're trying out for the, the uh, field hockey team. And so you start running to, to improve the, in, in the sport side of things, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, where you were in 2008, you, you've got, you've got a, a kid, you're, you know, you're just older. I mean, you're, you're not, you're not a 14, 15, 16 year old girl anymore. Like, right. you know, um, what was, what was the struggle? I, I'm going to assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume that it was, it was a little bit more of a struggle to get into running the second time. Uh, than maybe than it was the first time. Um, if if so, if that was the case, uh, I mean, I guess maybe the the impetus is like you're going to die if you don't do something. So that, right. that might motivate right. you a little bit. But but right. how did you how did you you know get through the struggle? Because lots of people have probably had similar types of conversations mm-hmm. with their doctor, and you know some turn to running, some might do something else. But you know it's it's a struggle to get going and get into it. So how did, how were you right. able to navigate those waters and and you know make it to be something that, that stuck for, you know, it has stuck for almost 10 years now and, and yeah. there's no, no sign of it going anywhere as opposed to the folks who try as, as, as well as they might. But, you know, one month, two months, maybe six months down the road, they, they fall off and never get back mm-hmm. on the wagon mm-hmm. again. Right. Well, you know, one of the motiv- motivating factors for me was, um, well, I didn't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good, that's a good motivator. <laughs> and, um, and, I don't want to leave my child without a mom. Um, so I think that was a major uh, factor. But also, I knew how much or how good I, felt, I, I used to feel when, um, when I was running regularly. I knew that. And I knew how that had, had impacted my entire life and my lifestyle. So, um, so when I got back on the treadmill for the first time, and I happened to have purchased a treadmill uh, a couple of weeks before this whole incident happened. Um, I guess in the back of my mind, <laughs> I knew that something, something had to give. And, um, and so I got back on that treadmill and it, although it was a physical struggle uh, for the first couple of days to sort of get back into the rhythm, um, and the routine of doing something physical every day, it's like th- that's something that is intentionally physical every day. Um, it was more mentally painful than anything because here I was like, how did I let myself get to this point where I thought I was having a heart attack and where I had to go visit a cardiologist and where, um, later on when I went to my primary care physician, uh, she had labeled, uh, me as being morbidly obese. Where did I, where, where did I fail? How did I get to this point? And so, um, so those are the thoughts that were going through my head as I was recommitting and starting back on the journey to health and wellness. Um, and so, and, and, and I knew it would, would be physically hard. I knew that I'm, I wasn't in the same place that I had been four years ago or five years ago. So, and I knew that it would take time to get there. And I knew that it would take months to get to a place where I felt like, oh, I can finally run a mile without it being painful or without it taking 17 minutes and 45 seconds or, mm-hmm. um, or, or without um, feeling the mile all day. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I knew that I knew it intellectually. Um, I had experienced that. Uh, and so, um, so that didn't bother me so much. Um, because I had had some perspective because I had played sports and I, and I knew that it took a long time to get to a a place where I was going to be happy with myself. And, um, but really, um, I knew what, I knew what I had to do. I had a job to do and my job was to get better. Mm. Um, Initially, it was to lose weight, um, and I knew that for my for my body personally, that the weight that I was at was not a healthy weight for my body, mm-hmm. um, because I was having a lot of hip issues. I was having uh, I had poor dental health. I had um, uh, there were all these other like I had headaches. I had uh, like fungus on my face. It was all these things that um, you know either contributed to or, or were a result of, um, the weight gain that I had. So, um, and I knew, I knew what I had to do. And so I did it. I looked at it as a job, Mm. um, in order for me to get better, in order for me not to be sick all the time, in order for me to be able to move like I used to move, this is what I need to do. And so I did it. Did you do it mostly on your own or did did you have recruit a couple friends or, or what was it? I mean, solo adventure or, or group adventure? Well, in the beginning, it was just on my own because um, I had a treadmill in my office, <laughs> mm. and um, and I, again, I lived at a boarding school, right? 
And so um, I lived in the dorms and uh, in my dorm office uh, where my students would come in at night when I was on duty. I had a treadmill and then eventually I had a, um, a spin bike and a rowing machine. And so I and, and then I had my computer there where I would put videos in and uh, different um, like beach body things <laughs> and Gayam yoga videos and stuff. And so that's what I did. I would go into my dorm office and do a mile in the beginning. Uh, it grew to three and four miles and then do a video and then maybe get on the bike or something. So it was a solo adventure mm-hmm. uh, the first couple of months. But then over the summer. I recruited my friend, Nikki, who I write about in the book, <laughs> and uh, she had her own fitness goals. And so we did them together. We, we worked out for a couple of hours a day. Uh, we're teachers, so mm-hmm. we, uh, we had the entire summer at our disposal. And so we used it. Uh, we'd get up, we'd go for a run, then we'd play tennis, then we'd uh, have lunch, then we'd do a video, then we'd work a little bit on schoolwork, and then 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 we do a 5k in the afternoon mm-hmm. um or something like that or we go and try out a gym for a week and, and do some classes there so it was really it was really fun uh it was awesome to have somebody else um who had her own goals but um who was willing to just do whatever i asked of her <laughs> or whatever <laughs> i threw at her hey let's let's do this 10k or let's do this 5k or uh let's go swim in a lake somewhere <laughs> <laughs> And she was up for it and it was awesome. And so it was, it really, it made the hours go by. I mean, I love working out and um, I had forgotten that I loved to just be outside and, and, and to do fitness mm. and move my body in the way that I was doing. And, um, and we had a lot of fun. And that summer I lost, um, I lost 30, 37 pounds. Wow. Congratulations. And, um, thank you. And that was just through movement. I didn't mm. really um, modify my, my diet at all that much. Um, but, um, yeah, my body responded to the movement in that way. And, um, and I, I felt so much better. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, our, our bodies are just designed to move and, and oh. all of the things that, that you may not think would be related to just, just getting more movement on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's skin issues, whether it's something, you know, how you, just how you're feeling, like you said, your, your dental health, you know, just all of the different things. Like we start getting some movement and uh, our bodies just really do respond. Absolutely. Well. Yep. Yep. So at, at what point did it go from, you know, this is something that I'm doing, obviously, I mean, probably still you're doing it for your health and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you know, at, at what point did it go from, this is something that I enjoy doing to like, all right, you know, let me start signing up for some races. Let me just start doing some crazy stuff. We're going, going all day, going, going, you know, 26 miles, going 30 miles, going, 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 going. At what point did the, the, the flip get switched to be, um, uh, you know, to, to, to the motivator? I mean, what, at what right, point yeah, did the sure. motivator be, be, become a thing? Um, it, that was 2010. That's <laughs> um, after I had done a couple of half marathons, mm-hmm. I kind of became addicted to training, um, to being outside for hours, <laughs> uh, by myself, um, and, uh, doing these runs and really testing the limits of my body or testing what I thought were limits. <laughs> and, um, and, and then coming home after a 10 mile run and feeling amazing. <laughs> I really like this. I feel I'm tired and I'm sore, but I feel like a badass right now and I feel like I could do anything. And so that was, that was it. After my second or third half marathon, I really, really became, um, I was, I just became attracted to this, to, to those endorphins and, um, and to the feeling that I, I really was, was able to do anything that I put my mind to. So, um, 2010, definitely. Um, and so I, you know, I did more, half marathons. And then, um, at the end of 2010, a friend, another friend of mine said, well, you know, you've done all these half marathons. I think that the next step is for you to do a marathon, (laughs) you know, and after some, you know, some pondering, I said, "Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) With with friends like that, who needs enemies sometimes, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, I succumb to peer pressure when it comes to running and, and events. So. <laughs> You're in good company there. I can, you know, me and about you know half of the running community probably right. uh, can relate to that sentiment. 
why don't you try an ultra? I mean, that's, that's really how it happened. I, I did the, my first marathon was Marine Corps marathon. And then a year after that, the same friend said, Hey, why don't we do Steamtown and Marine Corps? <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and so, um, so I did that and, and, you know, discovered that I could do two marathons within weeks of each other mm. and, uh, and not die <laughs> <laughs> and still be able to walk. Um, and then uh, in 2013, 2012, again, I did another marathon. I did a trail, my first trail marathon. And the um, race director, my, my good friend Rick McNulty and his wife um, were there. And they're the most awesome people. They're of the New Jersey Trail Series. And they, um, as soon as I finished the trail marathon, uh, you know, he put the medal on me and he said, okay, so next year the 50K, right? <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I said, can I just finish this and, <laughs> and go go drink my electrolyte drink and sit down and not have to think about anything else? But then I said, I mean, you know, I said to him, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what I did the following year. I did my first, um, my first 50K at the New Jersey Trail Series um, Ultra Festival. And um, yeah, and I... I said, wow, I, I really love this. This is really hard. This is hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm in pain. <laughs> um, but the people I met out there, um, the the fact that my family was there supporting me and had friends supporting me, um, the fact that I was able to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I was like, I really, I really am enjoying this life. And so that's, you know, that was another one of those things. I was like, I, I need to do another one of these because I need to feel like this again. <laughs> And I, and I really love training for it too. I mm. love, you know, exploring new trails and, and, um, you know, experiencing not in the moment, but experiencing bonking and being able to mm. get myself out of that and experiencing mental bonking, bonking, um, and being able to talk myself out of, um, feeling defeated. And, um, I, I love that whole process and I love the challenge of it and being able to get through it. So yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, do, do you, uh, Sounds like it, but but just to confirm, do you prefer uh, trails a little bit more than roads these days? You know, I love road running and I love trail running, but I I would say that I do have a larger love for trail running. <laughs> any any particular reason why? Oh, you know, I because it, I think it's better for my body. I I don't feel as beat up afterwards, um, and I just love to be in the woods right for as long as possible. And, uh, because that's a completely different experience than being in a city or being even in the country on the road. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a totally different thing. Um, I love to, the sound of the birds and the, and things rustling and, <laughs> and the leaves right. <laughs> and, uh, after, you know, in hindsight, encountering bears, <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's just that the connection that you have with nature when you're out on a trail is, is, is way different than, than when you're out on the road. And, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's nice to not have to worry about cars once in a while too. Right. Like, you know, cause I do most of my running on the roads, um, you know, being in, being in central Florida, that the options are for the most part, roads or swamp. And so, right. you know, it's, <laughs> There's, we've got some trails. I don't mean to, to completely dog it, but uh, you know, if I if I lived in in Appalachia or in in the Rockies somewhere, or just anywhere with some really good wooded hills, like mm-hmm. you know, you'd probably never see me on the roads. But uh, yep. <laughs> you know, you, you make do with with what you can. But but yeah, it's 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 just a, it's just a different vibe sometimes too. I think at least in my my limited trail experience, it's just it's just different. I don't yeah. know. It's 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 less even at, even at races, it feels less of a race and just more of a. It's just a bunch yeah, of us getting together, together and to go yeah. run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you, know, you have your elite people and your mm-hmm. people who are like really fast and stuff. But but in my experience, most people are there for pretty much the same reasons that I'm there. They want to be out in nature. Uh, they want to test their bodies. Um, and, you know, you're using all of these different muscles to stabilize yourself out on the trails. And you're even more likely to fall and face went every time, <laughs> every single time. Um, <laughs> but you're not the only um, one. Yeah. Everybody's no. <laughs> falling face plant. So you're in good company. <laughs> and it's kind of expected. And if you don't, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And it's, and the community is amazing. Um, I think you probably have less type A people <laughs> mm. yeah. who are happy with it, with slower times uh, and, or they don't care. 
um, that they have slower times because trails do slow you down. Again, right. you have the superhuman beings who can do five and six minute miles on a trail. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Shoot, I don't know how that's possible anyway, let alone on the trail. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and it's just uh, it's way more relaxed and um, I think way more uh, and people are way more just appreciative of the fact that they can move their bodies right. uh, that way. So, um, Kind of shifting gears just to, well, actually, no, I don't want to shift gears just yet. Hold on. Let me, let me not get ahead of myself. Um, I mentioned trans Rockies in the, in the intro and we, we can't not talk about that. So before we kind of shift gears from some more specific running stuff to a few other things that you have going on, what was, what was that experience like? And, and, uh, for those that aren't aware, give, can you give us just the, the quick guess, overview sure, of what sure. the race is and then, and then let's dive into it a little bit. Okay. So <laughs> trans Rockies. Um, is this race that had been on my bucket list for a couple of years. Um, it is a six day, you can also opt for three days, it's a six day, three, uh, six day stage race, um, through the Rockies with a total mileage of 120 miles and a total elevation gain of 20,000 feet. So I <laughs> did not finish the entire 120 miles. I finished 72 and uh, with uh, a total elevation gain of 14,250 feet. Not that I was counting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, it was the most difficult thing I have ever tried to do in my life. Um, but one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. Um, you start out in Buena Vista, Colorado at around 8,000 feet and, uh, you go through, um, and it's not in order. <laughs> um, you go through Camp Hale, you go through Leadville and Vale, and, uh, you end at Beaver Creek and I left some, some places out, but, um, you get the picture, um, with, a the highest elevation, um, was at Hope Pass. Mm. which is, um, which is on the, uh, Leadville 100, right. um, route. And, um, and yeah, and the, the lowest is around 8,000 and, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it, it was really incredible. I have actually signed up for it again for next year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cause I am determined to finish every stage and, um, it, yeah, yeah, it was really difficult. I had altitude sickness for mm. four of the six days. Um, but I started every single day and, uh, obviously didn't finish every single day. I finished two whole stages okay. and, um, but yeah, I mean, talk about the trail running community and the amazingness that it is. Um, I've never felt so loved and embraced, um, and taken care of, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and doing something this hard. It, it really is trail running camp for adults. Um, <laughs> and, and people, everyone's there with different goals and, differing experiences with running. Um, some aren't really trail runners, but they wanted to do this because it sounded fun and cool and, and a little sadomasochistic, uh, but a lot uh, sadomasochistic. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, some people are attracted to that. Um, I include myself in that group. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really great. And I am still recovering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first three weeks I did, I, intellectually i knew why i was hungry every <laughs> day but then i would wake up why am i so hungry right <laughs> so thirsty um but uh yeah oh wow it was cool i cannot wait to try it again next year it's awesome uh, how, what have you what, what did you learn this year that <laughs> hopefully you can put into place whether it's in training whether it's in mental preparation whether it's in all of the above or something completely different um that will hopefully make <laughs> next year be uh I don't want to say more successful, but, but will allow you to, to complete more, hopefully the whole thing. Right. Um, you know, what, what was, what did you learn most from this one that hopefully will, will help you next year? Oh, definitely all of the above mental, the mental aspect of it, the, uh, training aspect of it. But, um, I, my, the number one thing that I will need to do for next year is to get up, get up to Colorado way earlier, mm. um, so that I can acclimate, <laughs> Um, <laughs> to the altitude, right. um, because that, that was my, my biggest issue. And, um, and especially as the days wore on, I'm, on the fifth day, I had my absolute toughest day 
where I only completed six miles. Wow. And um, it was mentally tough. And I am not a crier. I cried most of those mm-hmm. 6.2 miles that I finished. <laughs> and um, and I and I was really dizzy. I was uh, like dizzy and lightheaded. I was nauseous. And it was just really tough for me to put one foot in front of the other. And I was, you know, at the back. Every right. day I was at the back. Uh, which didn't bother me at all, but um, but this day I had the medic <laughs> driving in the back, <laughs> and uh, because we are on the road for the first couple of miles, and uh, and then the sweeps and uh, and they were just waiting for me to quit. They mm-hmm. they knew that I was not going to be able to make it because I was moving so slowly and I was swaying from side to side because I was so dizzy. Um, and and finally I stopped and started bawling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like. I don't think I can go on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry. And, you know, I was all in my feelings and everything. And, um, but it, you know, that day ended up really being, um, it, it was a wake up call. Um, I need to train better. I need to do more, um, training at altitude. I, uh, I know I can do the elevation cause that mm-hmm. I did a lot of elevation training, um, during the summer, I know that I can do that, um, but I really need to get this altitude stuff and my nutrition. That was another huge thing. I suffered a lot. I was hardly able to eat after about two or three miles uh, on the trail. It was very difficult for me to eat. And uh, the sweeps, the wonderful women that they were, I had to force me to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because you need you need nutrition while you're out there. Um, and I, I know a lot of people who don't do really long distance running that don't really understand the need to mm-hmm. eat while you're on the trail. Um, but I had a lot of trouble because of the altitude sickness. Uh, my stomach was all screwed Just up. Right. And um, and I, I wasn't able to sleep uh, for the first three nights. And then and then, you know, I just couldn't put anything in my mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> without wanting to regurgitate. Coming right back up. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so definitely those are the things that I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on nutrition and altitude training um, and, uh, and and do more back-to-back runs, mm. runs um, which I did. I would do two to three days at a time, but I'm going to try to up that to four four right. days next year. Yeah, it's 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 tough, and I know it's something that, that I've struggled with a little bit for myself and, and certainly with some of the, the folks I work with where it's like, you know, you can, you can train on, on all the elevation or on the, uh, you know, the, 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 doing the climbing and you can do all those things. You can train all the mm-hmm. nutrition and, and all that stuff. But you know, if you don't, if, if you live at uh you know, elevation, like 200 feet above sea level, like we do here in Florida and, and, you mm. know, it, it, there's just nothing you can do really mm-hmm. to prepare for the altitude other than to be right. at the altitude. So, yep. um, that's, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough nut to crack if you're not living somewhere where you can, you know, walk out the door at, at 6,000 feet and then start climbing a mountain and, and right, you know, be exactly. able to experience it. Yeah. And good thing I'm a teacher. Right. So I can use the time wisely next year and mm-hmm. spend a couple of weeks beforehand and, uh, and really, and really get that altitude training in. So certainly, certainly. So, um, now we'll shift gears a little bit from the running. Obviously we're sure. not going to, not going to go all the way away from it, but, uh, shifting gears a little bit. I, I, I know that, uh, recently, um, I don't know exactly how recently you can fill me in there, but recently a, a, a little book came out um, that's been, been pretty quite popular, um, and it's also up on on Audible, which is convenient today. You know, quote unquote convenient how that worked out that we got we got an Audible book and an Audible sponsored episode. So, um, guys, if you want to check out uh, Myrna's book, it's called A Beautiful Work in Progress, and it is uh, available obviously on you know paperback and and you know, all the all the Amazon places you can get you get the hard copy, you can get the uh, the Kindle version, and you can also um, go to Audible and get the uh, the the uh, audio version that, that you actually narrated, right? I narrated it. Yes. Right. And, uh, the funny thing is that I had to audition. <laughs> <laughs> you had to audition to, all right. Well, I, I want to, I want to get into that in just a second, but, uh, okay. again, guys, uh, you know, the, the audible link to, to get yourself, a, you can get the, literally you can get the book for free, uh, disruns.com slash audible. It'll, it'll get you set up. Um, you know, you try, try out the service. If you haven't used it before, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of audible. Um, definitely enjoy taking some books with me, uh, on, on my phone and listening to them here and there on the car when I'm running, whatever the case might be. Um, um, but uh, if you're enjoying Myrna's voice, and how, how would you not be? You can li- hear her reading you her book. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, and you can get it for free, disruns.com slash audible. So, um, well, all right. So let's <laughs> let's pause on the book just a second. Okay. What, what, uh, how do you have to audition to read your own book for Audible? Like, how does, how does well, that even play out? <laughs> well, I guess it's, I guess not all authors are great readers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess, you know, um, 
and uh, and I've been cautioned a little bit from um, the publisher. Well, you know, are, do you have any interest in doing this? Because it's a really difficult thing. It's a you know, it's a really time-consuming process, and you know, t- typically we hire professionals to do it. Um, but I have a I have a degree in vocal performance. So I'm I'm a performer. I am a person that is very comfortable on stage, um, <laughs> and um, and that's part of what I do, part of who I am. And, um, you know, I love being on TV, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so I said, what? I have to audition. <laughs> so what do I need to do? And uh, she told me that I needed to uh, submit a couple of tracks. And so that evening I went and practiced. I picked a couple of sections of my book and uh, uh, produced it on GarageBand mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then submitted them. And then I got the gig, which was really, really, really cool. And it was a, an amazing experience. Uh, to be able to like sit in a studio and read my own words and to like bring the characters in my life uh, and myself to life in a very different way. So um, uh, it's something that I definitely want to look into doing <laughs> again, maybe professionally. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but it was it was it was a really really cool thing to do. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, was it? Well, hold on. Um, re- scratch the was it from the record, but um, I, I've heard of this before, and, and I'm, I'm curious if you did this, where um, some folks who, who are reading their own book for, for the Audible version or, or any type of, of audio version of the book um, stick completely to the script. I mean, if it's not in the book, it's not, it doesn't make the, the audio track. Mm-hmm. Um, did you stick to the script or did you go off on some tangents? Cause I've heard, I've heard folks doing those before. <laughs> and, uh, to, it, I, I've actually heard a few of those books, the, the author reading the book and then they, they start saying something, they go, Oh, and by the way, that whole last, that whole last three minutes wasn't in the book, but you know, you get the little bonus or whatever. <laughs> um, did you stick to the script or did you, did you uh, do a little wheeling and dealing while you were reading? Oh, the book? I definitely stuck to the scripts because that was the rule. <laughs> okay. Uh, and there, you know, there were um, a couple of things that I would have done differently uh, as far as grammar and syntax right. that I could not change except if they were glaring errors. So, um, <laughs> so we, I would have to stop and then conference with the director and the producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not really what I meant. And that's spelled wrong. So mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they would like conference with each other and say, and give me a yay or a nay. <laughs> So it was, it was, it would, yeah, I guess a lot of comedians do that. And a lot of people who, um, are used to sort of going off and, uh, and the end, like with impromptu speech and whatnot and Mm -hmm. improvising, I can't do that. I'm not very good at at that anyway. So, (laughs) so I, yeah, I definitely stuck to the script, but, um, with the exception of two or three times where I just, I couldn't deal with the syntax as it, as it was written. Right. I've, I've kicked around the idea because my, my, my book is finally, I've been talking about this book for way too long, but it's finally the, the, the actual print versions are finally nearing the completion. So it's like, if I do an audio audio one, I'm, I'm going to have to go off script. Like there's no way that I can just read the whole, read the thing. Like it's, uh, it, oh, I, I can't, I can't go off script on a, on a, you know, six, six line introduction that I read for, for each of these episodes. How am I going to do that for a whole book? So I, I, I would have to go the other way, but I guess if somebody was cracking the whip on me and telling me I had to stick to the script, then uh, I, I suppose I wouldn't have a choice. Well, that made it easier for me because I didn't have to think of like cool and witty things to say. Right, right. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about the book. I, I, it's, it's a memoir. Um, sure. so, so where does it start and what, and I mean, does it cover the entire life, running life or, or, or you know, give us a little overview of the book. Sure. It is a running memoir and I, um, and I like to say that it's a body positive running memoir um, where uh, it features a runner who is not elite, who's <laughs> frequently at the back of the pack and or last mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that has, you know, that has had some experiences with, um, with weight loss, but that is not the central narrative of it. And I did not want that to be the central focus of it because um, that, that is not what, what I'm concerned with right now. I'm concerned with long longevity and long-term health and wellness. And I, w- I really wanted to, I wanted that to shine through the book. Um, it is, I, I, I would say it's not, it's not necessarily linear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's more of a, a collection of interconnected essays, like personal essays about my running life and how it, how I became a runner and how this became such um, an integral part of my lifestyle. And, um, and I definitely share stories of different events, um, and all the wisdom that I learned 
from those events. Um, and for example, I talk about the Havelina 100-100K. Mm-hmm. I talk about the Georgia Jewel 35 miler that I did twice. And, and what I learned um, from doing the race a second time. I talk about my experiences at the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, all of these sort of seminal um, events in my life that had really profound meaning to me. And I, just, I wanted to share that and share my enthusiasm for the sport um, in the body that I have without being apologetic about it. And which, unfortunately, I think there are lots of memoirs out there of people who who were on a weight loss journey. And, you know, if that's your journey, that's that's totally fine. Right. Um, everybody has their um, has differing goals and um, and means to achieve those goals. And that's that's totally fine. And I get that. But I, I was tired of seeing the the journeys that were all about weight loss. And then there were, there was some kind of apology or, um, self-deprecation. Um, that was a central aspect to the narrative. And I, and I didn't, that's not me. That's not who I am. Um, and I wanted to share that and to show that there's another way of being an athlete um, and not being apologetic, uh, being a, a bigger athlete and not being apologetic about your body ever. Right. So, um, so that's, you know, that's a lot. It's a, <laughs> there are a lot of like a lot of, um, sort of motivations that I had in writing the book, but, um, yeah, that's, that's essentially what I wanted to get across. Um, and I am a writer, so, um, it, this was an opportunity for me to write my story and to frame my own narrative. Um, cause I've had a lot of media exposure, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful and appreciative for that. But I, but I definitely want, th- wanted the opportunity to frame my own story. Um, so yeah, so that's what it is. And, uh, it was <laughs> talk about a journey <laughs> <laughs> in writing it. Um, it was, it was an incredible anxiety inducing, uh, process, uh, that I, I cannot wait to do again. I'm okay. already talking with my agent about the next thing. Um, and I'm like, can I breathe please? It's like the whole 50 K <laughs> right. I would just like to breathe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Last night, actually, I had my first book signing. Ah, exciting. And uh, yeah, at one of my sponsors. Um, one of my sponsors is the New York Custom Performance Therapy, and uh, in New York City, and um, they had this like big marathon um, inspo expo they called it, and here I was at a table with my own books with people who I didn't know who had mm-hmm. bought my book coming up and asking for my autograph and a little note in the book, and like that if that is not an incredible surreal experience. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> actually reading my story and 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 having some of it resonate with them or seeing themselves somehow in my story. Um, that is really um, that's really really special. Yeah, I, I would imagine that, that it certainly is. Uh, um, what it, has the response been mostly positive? It sounds like I mean people are showing up to to get their books signed. I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. people are, are enjoying the book, but is, has that been the, the case from what you've heard at least? Yeah, I, yeah. Judging on my uh, Amazon reviews, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's always a good place to start. Seventy percent of people think it's great, right? <laughs> um, and I've gotten very few critical um, reviews, and um, on Amazon anyway. Goodreads is another thing; they're a little bit more vicious there. But anyway. <laughs> um, I, uh, but you know, that's just like, that's been the, the story of my life in the last couple of years. I get most feedback from the, the things that I do and the things that I write. Most feedback has been incredibly positive. Um, and then you have your people who don't agree or who have mm-hmm. different, differing, um, perceptions or notions of what, um, fit or athletic is. Um, and they are not afraid to say that. Um, but, um, well, they're not afraid yeah. to say it behind their, their computer screen or their and phone, but you know, exactly. there's, there's always that too. Right. You know, um, but most mostly um, everyone has been really positive, really supportive. And um, and I I have not even gotten through all of the um, the commentary that people have been writing um, on all of my Facebook pages. I have my publicist page that she has for me. I have my my public fat girl running page and I have my own personal Facebook page. And I have not been able to get through all of the the amazing commentary. So, um, that is really, really positive. Um, so <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then you, you stole the other question of, you know, is there going to be a second book? Obviously, obviously there is, I'm assuming maybe we can't even touch on what, what, what that might become other than just to stay tuned and, and, uh, announcements will be made when they're supposed to be made. Stay tuned. Right, <laughs> it's a right. really, really interesting project. Uh, 
that, that has an element of danger in it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Cliff, cliffhanger. And, and we just might have to wait a little while to get paid off on this one, but that's all, that's all right. Well, good yeah. deal. Good deal. So, um, Myrna, as, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up today, the, the way I like to, to end the show, um, is with a, a similar question to the be, to the beginning question that it's very open ended. You can you can take it whatever way you want. You can make it. A, I've had folks that have answered with literally one or two words. Folks that have go on for ten or fifteen minutes, and, and most mm-hmm. folks are obviously somewhere in, in the middle of that. But you can answer the question in entirely however you want. And I call it a, a philosophical question. It makes it sound mm-hmm. more dangerous or scary than it is. But it's really just like I said, a very open ended uh, question. And, and, and for you, uh, I'm actually going to go surprise surprise off the script of what the normal five or six questions that I, I choose one from. Um, but uh, for, for somebody like yourself, who, who like we've said, and, and have kind of touched on here and there throughout the, the, the chat today, you know, you, you're not the, the quote unquote typical, you don't, you don't look, look the part for the ultra marathon mm-hmm. community or, or the running community or, or things like that. Um, but, but for folks who are listening to this, um, that, that also maybe don't fit the part and or maybe just kind of, or, or don't look the part, I, I, I mm-hmm. correct myself mm-hmm. there. Um, but, but maybe they're, they're kind of at that beginning stage where you were, you know, after the doctor told you that, Hey, if you don't do something, you're, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're getting into the, to the journey. They're getting into to running um, or at least testing the waters and seeing if it's something that, that, that they might like, um, right. it, you know, in the, in, in closing today, can, can you just speak to, to those folks and, and um, offer, offer whatever you want, uh, um, encouragement sure. or advice or, or whatever the case might be to, to help them to keep going um, or, you know, to, 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 I'm just going to leave it open. Whatever yeah. you would like to okay. say to them uh, sure. the last few minutes here. Um, I would definitely say, um, be concerned with your journey and your journey alone. Um, it's really easy for us to look at other people and compare ourselves to other people. Um, but we don't know what their stories are. We don't know what their journeys are. We don't know how long they've been at it. Um, you know, whether they've been at it way longer than you have, or, um, whether they're just starting out and we have this tendency to just say, well, you know, well, they're running 10 minute miles. You know, I'm so slow. I'm never going to be able to do that. But no, you have to, you have to only be concerned about what you are able to do right now. If you, if that, if that serves as a sort of motivation or encouragement to, to improve your time or to, to get faster or to get stronger, fine. But to um, constantly compare yourself and pit yourself against people who are more experienced or who have been at it for longer or, or who are less experienced um, uh, or people who have like very natural <laughs> athletic ability um, and you have to work up to that, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that, well, I have to work more. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, and cry <laughs> uh, or be in a puddle of tears about the fact that I can't do something yet and this person can. Um, I think um, it's really important for us to have a growth mindset. And that's, that's kind of, that's what I teach in school. I'm a school teacher. Um, and what I, um, what I like to preach in, in terms of athleticism, if you can't do something, you can't do it yet. Right. <laughs> you are not able to do it yet. Um, but if you work hard, if you uh, if you have a plan, um, if you acknowledge where you are right now, um, and um, and then have this goal of being somewhere else in a couple of months or a couple of weeks, and knowing that it's going to take time and it's not going to be overnight, uh, you will get there. I'm still working on my push up. Uh, my, not my push up. I can do push ups. <laughs> I'm working on being able to do one pull up. <laughs> I know I probably won't get there until next year. Um, and sometimes I get sad about that. (laughs) Other times I'm like, okay, well, this means that I've got to get some more weightlifting sessions in. I've got to work with a trainer or I've got to, um, figure out other ways to strengthen my back and my shoulders and my biceps so that I'll be able to do this. But I want to be able to do this. And it's like, it's a driving factor. It's a motivating factor for me. So have a goal, shoot for your goal, but work tirelessly at it. Um, and, and stop looking at other people. You don't know. They've, they, you know, somebody else can do a pull up. Maybe they're naturally able to do that. Maybe, um, maybe they've been lifting weights for three years. Right. <laughs> I haven't. Maybe they've been uh, working with a trainer and they, they have some strategies that I don't have. Um, 
But, you know, it's my job to look inward and to know what works for me or to find out what works for me and um, and then to shoot for my goals in the way that I can and the way that I will feel most successful. And I think that um, if other people could heed that advice um, and uh, not not be so bothered by what other people can do that they are not able to do yet, they will actually progress. Yes, that's uh, I, I'm. As per usual, you're going to stay out of the way. That's the great advice for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Um, focus inward, and I will leave it at that because it's, it's perfect advice. So thank you for sharing that, Myrna. Um, and again, guys, uh, fatgirlrunning-fatrunner.blogspot.com is the website. At the Myrnavator on the Twitters, on the Instagram, and uh, again, the book title, A Beautiful Work in Progress on on uh, Amazon, on Audible, all the, all the places. If you're looking for a, a good read, an uplifting read, check it out. Um, and again, we'll have the links to everything, disruns.com slash 477. So, uh, Myrna, thank you uh, for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, not everybody may know, but we tried lining this up once or twice, and things, <laughs> things as life does. It fell through the cracks, but I'm glad we were able to, to make this happen today. Um, thank you for the time, and, and certainly looking forward to see what the future holds for you, but uh, nothing but the best from, from now until then, and, and uh, being in touch. And, and uh, again, thanks for the time, and, and uh, we'll, t- we'll talk soon. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really enjoyed it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me in this little trip down memory lane and uh, listen in, uh, listen again, maybe, or listen for the first time to uh, a great chat with Myrna Valerio. Uh, as per usual, you know, there's whether you listen to this once or twice or a dozen times, there's usually something new that uh, you can take away. There's certainly something different that I took away this time from, our, you know, as compared to the first chat. So uh, we'd love to know what your thoughts are, what your takeaways are on this episode. Uh, you can always let me know those things. Obviously, I'll tell you how in just a second. But first, I'll share my takeaway to get the, get the party started, get the uh, prime the pump a little bit, as it were. I'll share my takeaway in hopes that that'll help you to want to share yours as well. So for me, the, the big takeaway from this one, uh, the second time through, uh, really kind of reminded me of, you know, the first time that, that Myrna tried Trans Rockies and how, how, you know, it was tough. And maybe she was a little bit underprepared and maybe she wasn't quite ready for it. Maybe she didn't quite know what she was getting into just from just how difficult that, that a race like that can be. And then, you know, you go out, you try it. You know, she didn't, she didn't make it. And there's no harm in that. And sometimes I think we get so caught up in like, oh, DNF, like that's the worst thing that can happen. Like, no, no, Myrna learned from not finishing that that event. And then, you know, all right, now I know what I need to do better so I can go back and, and crush it the next time. And and I think that, that that's, that's my takeaway is that willingness to learn from whether you want to call it failure, whether you want to, and I'm not calling it failure, but whether you want to call it failure, whether you want to call it disappointment, whether you want to call it not meeting your own expectations, whatever whatever it is, and especially whatever it is for for you, and I'm thinking about this obviously for me. You know, when I when I have races that don't go as well as as I wanted, or workouts, or whatever things that aren't going as well, maybe even outside of life when things aren't going like I had planned, instead of getting frustrated, which is probably my more natural response, instead of shutting down and just being like, oh, screw it, whatever, hell with it, move on. Um, Listening to Myrna again has kind of reminded me that, like, all right, ex- you know, what can I learn from it? What can I learn from it to make this situation better? What can I learn so that the next race I'm, I'm better prepared? What can I learn so that the next time that, you know, I have a, a fight with Rebecca that, that I can uh, hopefully, you know, help to alleviate the tension or alleviate the situation before it blows up? You know, what can I do the next time I, I lose my cool with Addison? Instead of being frustrated and be like, God, I suck as a dad, what can I do to say, hey, all right, what what were the things that I let get to me? Or what were maybe what was something from work that I carried over into the evening time and into the family time that I need to do a better job of decompressing or letting go or or whatever the case might be. So just that idea that, you know, when 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 I screw up running life or everything in between, when I, when I screw up, when I don't hit the mark, when I don't live up to the, the expectations I have for myself. Instead of getting frustrated, instead of getting all, you know, pissy pants and, and woe is me, the better the better option, the better bet, learn from it. Look back, analyze, what can I do better? And uh, that is going to be my takeaway for today. Something that's fairly, probably simple, self-explanatory, yet I don't know about you, but something that I definitely struggle with 
more often than I care to admit. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram as well. You can also shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, DizRuns.com slash, what are we at? 747, 747, uh, closing in on episode 750, which is crazy to think about. Um, but uh, DizRuns.com slash 747, we got the links, we got the photos, uh, we got everything basically the same as the first episode, first time through with Myrna. So if you didn't catch that one, you can go back, check it out now, connect with Myrna if you haven't done so already. Uh, and what a what a great lady, what an awesome lady. Probably, honestly, probably should try to get her back for a round two. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's the best thing about these going back in the best of and be like, gosh, like we haven't chatted in a while. Like let's do this again. So maybe that's, maybe that'll be something that'll come down the pipe soon. Who knows? It's got to line up schedules, which sometimes can be tricky, but uh, we'll make it work. But anyway, let me know what you thought about this episode. Uh, and, and one other thing before we wrap up for today, don't forget that the, uh, the Diz Days of Summer Virtual Challenge is officially open. Would love to have you join, uh, not for, for my benefit, but for the benefit of those that are fighting leukemia and lymphoma, all proceeds from the challenge go towards fighting leukemia and lymphoma to the straight to the leukemia and lymphoma society uh as part of my uh fundraising uh requirements and hopefully well exceeding the fundraising minimums for the the 2020 goofy challenge so if you want more information on that let me know if you have any questions let me know if you want to sign up disruns.com slash ddos that's uh what is it delta delta oscar sierra ddos to head over to uh the the um the link right there the page right there uh, it'll actually take you away from my website to the, the site of Scott Fassard, who is the, uh, the owner and operator of the, the organization that's helping me put this, this on. Um, so all that stuff handles through his website, disruns.com slash D-D-O-S. And with that, we'll go ahead and pull this ship into the harbor. Uh, if you're listening to this around the 4th of July holiday and you're here in the States at least, have a great holiday weekend. Uh, please be safe. Take care of yourself. Watch out for friends. Watch out for uh, enemies. Um, watch out for everybody out there. Uh, but be safe. Have a great holiday. Happy 4th of July. And uh, until next time, be well. Take care. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.